Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest co-creator, Cammie. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Bryant. I am well. How are you? Doing great. Um, we are here for another fun episode. We are finally uh, diverging from our Greco-Roman role that we've been on for a little while now um, with a fun spin. This is a diverging. This is not a mythological figure that we're talking about, but he is legendary. Um, we're going into a lot of fun things for me too, because, uh, this is, we're talking about this gentleman named Harold Hardrada. Uh, he is famously known kind of as like the last Viking. Uh, he was everywhere. He was a Byzantine soldier. He was King of Norway and he was almost King of England even. So, um, this dude is, is, it's kind of insane that someone in the 11th century was able to move as much as he did. On foot, essentially. So, um, yeah. He was I, a tall guy, though, right? He was very tall, yeah. Um, Long stride. Right. So, uh, yeah, this is really interesting. I, and, you know, it's fun. When I do research on this, I, I it it's like people also look for, and it shows other Vikings that were very famous, and it usually will show the TV actors from, like, all the new Viking shows. <laughs> but it's funny because um, Harold was kind of after the Viking age, so, like, that's why he's kind of called the last Viking. So I don't, I don't know if he's ever featured in any of these shows because they all take place historically during, like, 900 and 800 and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's really cool. I, so I think if, if you're a Viking fan... Um, you may have heard of him, but you may not know him too well, especially if you know if you like the shows that feature them, like The Last Kingdom, Vikings, and stuff like that, because I'm pretty sure he's not in any of those. So, Cammy, on the show, you give a story, and then I talk about it. So what's that story? Yeah. <laughs> so I used Gutenberg.org, and it was the Heimskringla, or the Chronicle of the Kings of Norway, by Snorri Sterlingson. Harold chief of the Varangian Guard, having grown weary from training exercises, had his men set up camp on the highest hill in the woods. The area was known for flooding, so in order to keep his men in good spirits, he knew he must, re he must remain there for the remainder of the exercises. But not an hour after they set up camp, the... But not an hour after they set up camp, the Geiger, head of all the armies of Greece, came to set up camp where Harold's men had laid claim. The two men would not release their claim to the spot, Harold asserting his establishment as proof of entitlement, Gregor using his rank, each man drawing his sword and several men from each side following suit. While neither man wanted to let go his claim, the other leaders called counsel and decided the best way to solve the problem was to draw lots. Each man would put a mark on a die and toss it into a box. Then the designated man would pick up a die, and the die which held the mark of either man would entitle them to not only the spot, but also who had first right to sail, first right to ride, and first right to dock their ships. And so each man began to mark their die. But Harold hesitated. He demanded to see the image drawn by Greiger, so that his own image would be different. Greiger agreed, and Harold quickly drew his image and tossed his die into the box. The man who held the box then drew the lot, and as he was holding it, declared its worth and meaning. Harold grabbed him by his hand and pried the die from him and then threw it into the sea. Gregor protested and said that Harold threw his lot into the sea, but Harold pointed to the box and said, I tossed our lot. Yours remains there. And sure enough, the lot every man saw the Gregor draw remained in the box. So then Harold was declared the victor, and no man was to question him or his actions but the Empress herself. Oh, you conniving son of a gun. <laughs> that, yeah, that is like all the stories. Um, 
so you know the first time I really heard about Harold, um, there was a couple things. One, uh, one of my favorite authors, Lars Brownworth, who wrote um, the really great book about Byzantium that I first read called Lost of the West. He also wrote a couple other books, um, one called The Sea Wolves, which was about Vikings, one called The Normans, which was uh, also about Vikings, but a very specific sect of Vikings, and then another one called In Distant Lands, which is about the Crusades. And it's because all these things really happen at the same time. So if you're a master of these years, you're going to know all about that. And Harold Hardrada inevitably comes up because of how important he was and, and like I said, just how wild he was. <clears throat> so yeah, in your story, um, Harold uh, was a part of this elite group of Byzantine troops called the Varangian Guard. And this was established by um, uh, one of the most badass emperors, Basil II, uh, in the year 988. Um, so <laughs> he the you know the eastern roman empire that's what we are talking about um you know western rome's not doing so hot uh it's city states but the eastern constantinople's doing great and but basil was kind of struggling and so he decided to marry off his sister um to this uh essentially this um horrible uh like pre-russian called the rus viking uh in exchange for peace and then like four thousand berserker warriors and he got them and he established this this Varangian Guard, which from 988 continued on as the Emperor's personal guard and elite troop until Constantinople was sacked in 1453. So, like, almost 500 years of this, you know, like, Navy SEALs of their time, basically. And um, and they were, they were, they were straight, they were wicked, they were scary. And um, so, uh, Harold uh, was um, born in 1015. Uh, he was um, the uh, half-brother of King Olaf Haraldsson, who was uh, Saint Olaf, um, who helped Christ Christianize Norway. Um, and that's that's one crazy thing, too. Like I said, you know, you when you watch these old Viking things, it's like to Odin, paganism, blah. Harold and these guys were Christian. Like, the Christianity was pretty much set in stone, especially in these areas. Um, for for in a lot of ways, maybe not with the common folk, but uh, if, you know, if you, if you served in the Byzantine guard, you, like, had to be Christian. I mean, that's, you know, the uh, Eastern Orthodoxy was super important so harold he was you know a christian as much as he could be but um so he was the half-brother of king olaf um seeing olaf uh he um was like of, of like somewhat high birth but he needed to make a name for himself um he went to what's called the kievan rus um this is this like slavic area near the near constantinople um on there i think they're eastern side or western the western side um but it's it's very barbaric in a way, and 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 I mean they're they're forming these groups, but they're still kind of like formulating. They're not quite as fancy and together as the uh, Eastern Roman Empire. And he wants to marry. He he wants power. He wants land, and he wants to marry um, this uh, leader of the Rus's daughter. But it's like no, you, it's, it's a princess. You can't just marry. Her. He's, he's you got to make a name for yourself. He's like all right. Well, he goes to Constantinople. He joins the Varangian Guard when he's like um, not even twenty. Uh, he goes, he fights against the Arabs that are harassing the Byzantines. He goes all the way to Sicily to reconquer parts of that for the um, empire. Uh, he even goes to Jerusalem to do some stuff there and makes a pilgrimage while he's at it because he's a good Christian, right? And so he, he does all this great stuff, um, goes to Norway, claims the throne, um, but he, he's sharing it with this guy, Magnus the Good. But it proves to this guy, so now we're at 1045, um, he's finally able to marry uh, the Kievan princess. Um, Magnus the Good dies. He's the sole king of Norway by 1046. Again, he was born in 1015, so dude's 30 years old. He's done 
way more than I've done at 30 um, so far. But, um, and so uh, essentially from his death is 1066, which if you're a history buff is an important year um, because that was uh, when the Norman, um, William the Conqueror, took over England. And right before William the Conqueror did that, Harold tried to take over England. So he, yeah, Harold was trying, he had tried to invade Denmark because Norway and Denmark are always like fighting siblings. Um, he couldn't, he couldn't do it. He couldn't take over Denmark. So he said, all right, well, let me, he had a, a really weird, loose connection to um, England. There was this guy, Canute, who had taken over England for a little bit in, in like, uh, I think it was 1019. Um, so like 50 years before this. And there was like his cousin's brother's dog's babysitter knew <laughs> Harold Hardrada and was like, yeah, go bro. So he decided to do it. And, and Her- Harold was convinced to go down by this um, Northumbrian um, Anglo-Saxon Jarl who was like, hey, help me get my land back and, you know, we'll figure something out. And Harold Godwinson was the king of England. Um, and he, in a really awesome, so in, in um, Lars Brownworth's books, he talk about this, in a really awesome march, he, he like lightning marches to fight them. Um, he, he goes like through England super fast. He's able to stop the spread of the news that the army's coming. They fight um, them. Uh, he's, he, uh, Harold Godwinson is related. I think he's the brother-in-law of the Jarl that was uh, fighting. And um, he's like, well, hey, you know, and so Ed, uh, Harold Godwinson, the king of England, was like, hey, just stop the rebellion. I'll give you back the northern part of England that you were in charge of. And he's like, well, what about, you know, Harold Hardrada? He's come all this way. And he's like, nope, I'm going to give him six uh, feet of English soil or maybe a little bit more since he's taller. That's reportedly <laughs> what he said, which would be crazy. Either way, he's able to beat Harold. Harold apparently was shot in the arrow uh, or um, in the head with an arrow, died, and that was what happened to him. But it, it, it's av- to think of what this guy was able to do in this time period is insane. Um, now his name is Harold, um, but his, his last name would be Sigurdsson, son of Sigurd. Um, Hardrada is a name that essentially means like hard ruler. Um, there's a few other things that it kind of might mean though. Um, there's even this story on Wikipedia that they mentioned that it might be, uh, it might be like a weird corruption of this Anglo-Saxon word meaning pretty or fair haired, like really nice locks so um that every be... picture of him he had the gorgeous. gorgeous hair yeah he apparently was really red too um <laughs> really, really like his really face red. was red or the hair was red? the hair apparently his oh, hair was okay. really red yeah which you know like thor um in all traditional sources is is a red-haired viking so that's that's the thing he was again the viking age kind of was like done at this point you know um but he he was like straight he out embodied that right yeah he was just like no like we're you know we're still there like I, I mean these guys that are able to just go around and then the super ironic thing was in uh 1066 so weeks after this um harold godwinson just defended england against this uh, fleet of 300 vikings that um harold hardrada had bought had brought with him then this dude william the conqueror duke william of normandy is able to sneak in because uh, it was winter at this point too, which is not the mm-hmm. campaigning season. But William right. was like, "Nope, we're there," and he's able to go. And um, Godwinson lost uh, his life at the Battle of Hastings, literally weeks later after this. And um, so, a Nor- you know, the Normans were Norman means Northmen. These were the Vikings that the one of the French kings was able to settle and just like stop raiding me, please, just live here, be my subject. I'll give you all this land. And they're like, "All right." So it's it's really <laughs> wild that these guys were able to 
I mean, this, you know, like Harold was literally, it was, oh, it's just crazy, the timing of it all. I'm sure Harold Godwinson was not um, as freaked out in a good way as I was, uh, or imp- as impressed. But um, yeah, so uh, you mentioned the Heimskringla by Snorri Sturluson. Whenever we've talked about Norse mythology, we've mentioned that. Snorri Sturluson was a 13th century um, uh, Icelandic historian and poet. He was like a chieftain. Um, he he like went into law. I've talked about him before. Very important guy. Uh, he... Uh, he was a Christian, so everything was kind of said with this mold. And if I remember correctly, he was the one who said that o- uh, Odin and the gods were related to um, Zeus. Pr- King Priam. I think it oh, was. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's King right. King Priam. Yeah. And then after the fall of Troy, Odin took his little legs and walked over to Germany and just started populating um, them. So he, it was really important to like Odin show was your... such a Greek name, too. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Um, but so yeah, uh, Snorri Sturluson, like a lot, a lot of these dudes were trying to make connections to both like Christianity and ancient Greece and like make it all copacetic. So, but, but Snorri is really important because of these works that he did. It's our best source on like Norse mythology, but also it was, um, uh, a, uh, a story of all the ki- the Kings of the like Icelandic Norway, these places. Um, cause Iceland was, was colonized by, you know, Norwegians and, um, Danish folk that, uh, colonized around. Um, but, uh, so that's another early one or that, that's one of the earliest ones. The Orkneying, Orkneying saga, um, was, uh, written um, by an unknown author, but it was also in the 13th century. Um, it tells the story of the Earls of Orkney, including Harold Hardrada's time as the Earl of Orkney. So that was another source. I don't really know too much about this. It's just one of the sources that was in there. A source I do, um, I'm very familiar with, though, is the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. Um, this actually is the earliest source. So uh, we've mentioned this before, too, in the past. This is the collection of English chronicles that was written in the 11th and 12th centuries. So everything we know about Alfred the Great, who the Vikings did give him a hard time, this is... Uh, this chronicle every viking show we know and love in the last kingdom series all that it exists because of the anglo-saxon chronicle this is the one of the best things about it and it contains an account of harold hardrada's invasion of england in 1066 um, which i think it's mostly like a tapestry with writing i think i've seen like images of it i know it's like part of a tapestry if i remember right um, there's also the, the Gesta Danarum by Saxo Grammaticus. This is a Danish history written in the 12th century by Saxo Grammaticus. Uh, it contains an account of Harold Hardrada's time in the Byzantine Varangian Guard. So um, Saxo Grammaticus was a Danish historian. He was a theologian and author. Kind of makes sense if he's uh, obviously like got a Latinized name that the Byzantine world would be so important to him because of uh, the orbit of Christianity um, either the Catholic or the Orthodox. The, the schism was there. They weren't the Pope, you know, and the Emperor weren't best friends. But um, it's pretty cool. And, and Saxo Grabanicus was just a really important figure. His works um, would go on to inspire um, Hamlet uh, by Shakespeare. Shakespeare would be inspired by his works because it would reference certain things um, that Hamlet used. So uh, one thing, um, yeah, but Britannica was another source I used, um, and it mentioned that he went from Sicily to Bulgaria. He made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, um, and uh, the Byzantine emperor of the time was Michael IV, uh, and both Byzantine and Norse medieval historians um, had mentioned his time in the Varangian Guard. So it, it's it's really cool. The Varangian Guard itself is just a really cool thing. Um, mostly, it was almost exclusively... Uh, only had foreigners in it it was really weird and there was it had its own quarter and in 
um, Constantinople, I believe, in Constantinople itself, or at least one of the surrounding cities, you can see runes that were like uh, inscribed in the old architecture, and it says stuff like Rorik was here, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so uh, it's it's really really cool. They, these guys were were intense. Um, so yeah, I I love it. Um, Harold Hardrada, uh, another thing I saw him in recently, which was really cool, or, you know, that I know have, um, him from is the Civilization VI video game, Sid Meier's Civilization oh, yeah. VI. He is um, representative of Norway, but it was really cool. They have done, uh, even though that game came out like seven years ago, they've been doing updates for it. Mm-hmm. And one thing they would do is add updates that would give you like alternate rulers. So they would give you like, um, like, Genghis Khan, ruler of the Mongols, but then they would do, they did a Kublai Khan, his, his grandson, king of the Mongols, but then they did Kublai Khan, like ruler of the Chinese, and it's the same, like, leader, but they give you different abilities, you know, because it's, it's like a board game online, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so uh, they did a recent update called the uh, Conquerors of England or Rulers of England, and they did a Varangian guard, Harold Hardrada, where they gave him hmm. classic Varangian armor before he was, like, looking like a Viking, but he they gave him classic Varangian armor, and he had um, different bonuses, different skill attributes and stuff like that. Like, when you play as him in Norway, he gets a lot of sailing bonuses and raiding bonuses, obviously, as a Viking, but um, the other one, he gets some, like, um, uh, military, um, like, levying things, because the, the, especially at this time, the Byzantine Empire basically bought a bunch of mercenaries on top of it, so, yeah. Harold Hardrana is he, he's featured in a few things um like content wise but i think he's sort of criminally underlooked and i, and I just want to say because he's he just i mean if, if this dude was if he was the one that like you know, fought england during alfred the great's time like literally 50 years or 100 years before he was born i mean like i i can't imagine how the world would look now if Harold hardrada was one of the guys that was there because he was just one of the best um it's wild uh so uh, another thing too, the, my final thing. Um, uh, so his body was um, like preserved, uh, and eventually it was moved um, back to Norway, um, and and has been reinterred. Uh, and so um, it, it's really uh, uh, unfortunately that the burial site had had been like uh, poorly kept um, it, where Harold was in Norway. But it looks like they've kind of um, done it up again uh, with some of the other like Magnus the Good and a few other places that they've actually been able to keep them in good shape. But yeah, so I wait, guess so it's his actual burial. Site? It looks like it. Yeah. He, he died at Stanford From like Bridge, a thousand years ago, but they were That's able to, insane. yeah, they were able to keep, I'm, I'm sure he's not doing so great looking wise, but um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, None of us will be a oh, thousand years from now. <laughs> he's in the Netflix series, Viking Vikings Valhalla. So I was about to say, like, I think he is in one of the TV shows. Yeah. The beginning because, of the series um, depicts... Yeah, when I was looking him up, it showed, like, an actor Oh, and it ends... Him. It The show ends in 1066. Oh, okay, cool. So it's it starts in 1002. Well, he is the last Viking, so. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that's appropriate. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> I, which I heard Vikings Valhalla was kind of iffy, though. I've never watched Vikings. I never watched the original Vikings I or this one. I haven't just didn't, either. Yeah, I do love The Last Kingdom. My dad Bell. watched it. We'll get him on. Call him up. Um... <laughs> But yes, so uh, if I, I'd, I'd be really, if anyone has seen it, I'd love to hear what you think about Harold as a character, if he lives up to how awesome he is. So that's about all I've got on the subject, though, Cammie. Did you want to add anything else today? I do want to add that if you are interested in some more stories, I didn't tell them Bryant did, but the there was a Two Truths and a Lie episode where he told two yes. stories about Harold 
Yes, I used a... him a long time ago, which I was inspired by Lars Brownworth's um, topic on him. It's so funny too. I think it's the book. Was it? It was the book on Byzantium or the book on um, the Vikings. Lars Brownworth goes on a tangent. It, it's totally like a non sequitur, but he's just like, I got to dedicate like five or six pages to this guy real fast. Like, cause he, he has to mention him for something, but he's like, sure. BRB. Let's talk about Harold Hardrada. <laughs> it was just really funny. Um, I, th- I think it was the Viking book. I think it was the Viking book, but yes, that's where I got those fun um, things. And the two truths of lie are really fun stories as well. It's, it's crazy. So um, my last thing. So yeah, I, I mentioned um, a good bit of my sources here. Uh, a lot of the regulars, um, there was a couple others that I used Hold on, I accidentally backed out. Um, and I want to, so uh, follow the Vikings.com was uh, a fun one that I had Britannica, of course, Wikipedia. Um, it's really cool to see some like official like Norway.net and stuff. will have stuff about him. Cause he's such a, you know, character. It's like Vlad in um, Transylvania. I feel like as a hero, you know, a local hero. Um, and one thing I'll mention too, you know, uh, AI is really big. Um, so hot right now, uh, in the news. Um, I, uh, Google has an AI that's experimental called Bard as in the Bard Shakespeare. And I got invited to it a while back and I mainly used it. I just kind of played around with it as like a chat bot and, or maybe think of recipes or something like that. But I was like, you know, I need to create a timeline. What I'll do when I make my notes is, you know, I kind of like to create a timeline of these things and then just kind of spout out some info and look up the primary sources. And um, so I, just to be uh, transparent, I did, I said, Bard, can you make me a timeline of Harold uh, Hardrada's life? And voila. So and it, it, it sources Wikipedia and stuff like that. And then I asked for all of the sources, the primary sources, what I mentioned or asked for. And it was able to tell me the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, which I was aware of, the Heimskringla, but then I didn't know about the or- Orkneyinga saga. Um, and I had heard of Saxo Grammaticus, but I didn't know that he was mentioned in the Gesta Denorum, which was written by him. So anyway, just for transparency, um, some of it was uh, my, my sources were organized by AI and it helped me look up, but I'm not uh, Cammy's story was from her own brain um, as through right. the works not of AI of Snorri Sturluson. Yeah. So uh, it was really fun. It, it, it was, it helped make it's sometimes I'm afraid I'm missing content and I still might be, but it, it made me feel um, nice. And also I don't have any grammatical errors. It's one complaint that I always have is like, where can I find the? Oh, so I might even know a story just from existing yeah. in, you know, the human realm or whatever. And I'll just be like, I just need the source for this so I can actually see what the real story is. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard to find that source. And and you can maybe you know the source even, but it's really hard to actually find like a concise a written down version right, of it. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. that I have access to. Yeah. So I I can't wait to start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so using that just I, to see. As, yeah. As a further disclaimer, and I'll make sure I I'll put this in the show notes and stuff. But yeah, we're we're gonna utilize AI just like we utilize all nine tools. Um, but it won't create our content for us necessarily. No. <laughs> uh, we will we will be creating content. It's just gonna help us out a little bit. So I think that covers it. Um, now I really want to go play Civ Six and start a game and then get bored after a couple of days, but not before I sack someone as Norway. Uh, all I, right. I'll turn it on and not understand it. Yeah, if you want, it's a little tricky. <laughs> it's one of the easiest ones to get into, though. If you if you want, it's it's worth playing. But uh, excellent. Well, Cami, um, thanks for joining on your show again. Always a pleasure to have you. <laughs> Thank on you, Brian, for hosting. Yeah. your show. <laughs> um, if you have any suggestions, mystery. .net. We'll take you to our website. You can see everything. Hit me or Cami up uh, on Facebook. Email us as well. Mystery with an IE at gmail.com. 
I didn't have any of our banners up or anything. I just realized all our brand stuff. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, oh, that's right. No, I can't do it. Yeah, I feel like the brand. Never thing mind. Is like... I thought I used to have something. Anywho, thanks for joining us, everyone. We will see you next time. Oh. Ooh.